All information shared in this video is our educated opinion, formulated from research, judgment, analysis, education, and personal life experience. Any material used from the public domain follows fair use guidelines and applicable laws. The information can be used for illustrative, educational, and or transformative purposes. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, allowance is made for fair use purposes such as criticism, comment, news, reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. This content is for education and entertainment. We encourage others to conduct proper research and, if needed, consult an attorney for legal advice regarding music licensing. Welcome to the Sync Riffs Podcast. So excited to be here. My name's Charles from Blue Buddha Entertainment here in Los Angeles. I'm a sync agent. And joining me today is my co-host, uh, Chase Walker. Hey. How's it going, Chase? Going good, man. I got my, my pup back there snoozing. How's things <laughs> going out there in the valley? Yeah, no, things are good. A little overcast skies, but uh, the rain seems to be moving on. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great episode today. And we're going to segue picking up from last time. And today the topic is going to be the art of the pitch. But before we set that up, um, spend a couple minutes. We get a lot of questions about percentages. Um, when an agent is representing an artist and if you want to set the table chase typically what kind of rates can an independent artist expect and 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 then i can talk about how we work and what's entailed in, in pitching an artist song so <clears throat> similar excuse me, similar to the um uh typical you know standard uh, old guard publishing industry. Um, most everything in the sync field is split 50, 50. The, the main difference with that between sync and your typical publisher and your pu typical publishing deal is that with, um, most of, especially your, your bigger publishing entities, uh, the deals involve signing over the publishing rights in totality to that publisher <clears throat> most often. Whereas in, in uh, sync licensing, most sync agents are pitching their artists on an exclusive basis. However, the artists are retaining all of their own copyright and they're getting all of the back-end royalties most often. 100%. And, you know, the sliding scale with independent artists, you know, if you're a signed artist, the typical deal would be as an agent, they get 20%. However, the caveat is, you know, being a frontline artist, they yield and command higher sync fees. So 20% of a greater number, it works out. With independent artists, there's a lot of marketing involved. Um, if you look at our, our IG page, we're all about creating extra looks for the artists. Because when I started in 2002, we didn't have IG or SoundCloud, but now there's multiple different touch points in which supervisors, showrunners can consume and check out an artist's music. So we're, we have a featured artist, featured song of the week. And through this podcast, being able to interview our artists, provide behind the scenes. And so these are all additional 
touch points for marketing and promotion that we utilize, taking my experience being a capital in the 90s. So that's an integral into what we do. So we start at 50-50. And if we're working in an independent artist who has a team behind them, and that's critical. So if we know an indie artist has their PR machine, uh, they've got videos, what are the additional tools, what are the additional looks and potential demand that might be generated? So when we pitch their songs, an artist is like, yeah, I, re- I heard them on the radio. I saw them headlining an opening for a major artist. So there's built-in demand for an indie artist there. So that's sort of the lay of the land with pitching and how that can impact the what rate Blue Buddha negotiates. So, so yeah, it's um it's pretty standard across the board. And uh with that spending some time today, questions we get is what do we do once we get the music from an artist? So one aspect is the brief which we get from the studio that describes, I'll call it and break it down in simple terms, the who, the what, the where, uh, breaking down a scene. So we may know they're trying to replace a song for a, a chase scene. And the current song that's tempted in into the scene is a Chemical Brothers, Brothers Gonna Work It Out. So high tempo, club electronic. And in the notes in the brief, they may tell us it's too clubby, it's too fast. So we need something slower. We need something less electronic. And we need lyrics talking about good cop, bad cop. So in every brief that we get, every word, every adjective, every noun that's articulated in the email is there for a reason. And sometimes we don't have all the information. We only have what's there. So what we do in our process is we map out what we know about the scene. What's the film. We have to use our imagination and get into that scene and and find the best matching song. So a lot of times if, if a super tells us, Hey, you know, uh, Cole plays yellow was tempt in. We couldn't clear the track. It was too expensive. So give us a song a la Cole plays yellow. So, Oh, perfect. So right there, we, we can nail it. We can listen to that and we call it a B reference the, the track, try and match that vibe. Chris Martin's vocals, the lyrics of that song. So it's, 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 there's no guesswork there, but other times, um, a good example, we got recently got a landed a placement for our band, the love of people. And the brief that came in was, it was an art scene. And so we landed a song called rat race and it synced up Neo soul chill vibes you're at an art scene, you're at LACMA. And those are the types of nuances that as agents, we, we know in and out. Uh, another good example, we got a second placement in shrinking was 
you want to talk about our friends over uh, Matt from over? He was a, a Belmont alumni as well. Yeah, I just got um, yeah in that same show, Shrinking, uh, with um, Harrison Ford and shoot, I forget that other actor's name. Hilarious uh, comedy actor. Um, and uh, yeah, first placement um, that we were able to secure for this artist. So you know, major major deal on their front. Um, and. Pretty, pretty sizable placement too. Um, you know, you got like, it, it was one of those, um, what they call trans diegetic placements where it like starts out where the, the, it's supposed to be kind of implied that like the characters in the show can't hear the music. That it's just like this soundtrack theme song for what's going on. And then it sort of morphs into, oh, it's actually coming from this jukebox or this, this radio from, the corner of the room or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it was super cool. What, one of the things that really struck me about that placement was this artist, they have a lot of really syncable songs. Um, and they're, you know, all, all of the factors for what could make you an artist as an artist be highly likely to get synced. They have, they're fully one stop Matt, you know, writes, plays, and produces all of the music himself. Um, so it's it's a one one man show on this sort of thing. What struck me as interesting is that of the songs that we have from them, mm. the song that got placed, this first song that we were able to secure a placement for this artist was not even in my top five of the songs that I would have thought would have been the first ones to get placed. So, to some extent, you know, the 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 um, uh, the, the sync, uh, space is a little bit of a, of a, of a coin flip. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, it's, it's such a, such a, uh, individualized stovepipe or, uh, what do they call it? Uh, yeah. Stovepipe, um, bureaucracy that there's no way to guarantee any one song for one placement, but the more that you're getting that music out there, the more that you're getting the eyes of the supervisors and the ears of the supervisors, the more likely at some point there's going to come a need for something that you have the exact thing that fits it. Yeah. That's the overarching something we'll, we'll dive into more in future podcasts, but yeah, Chase, you hit it on the nose is, you know, we're selling emotion. So a good analog I like to use is, you know, let's say we're, we're, we're in the paint business, you know, we're selling cerulean blue. There's a million shades of blue, red, green, and every paint maker has their skill set. But what comes down to the sync agent is knowing and exploiting and marketing the catalog of our indie artists, really drilling down and knowing what we have. And the key thing is when we get a brief, we have to nail it, you know, for the argument, for argument's sake, if a, if a music super goes out to their, their short list of 10 uh, pitching agents and they get five songs each from 10 uh, agents, that's 50 songs. And if their deadline's three hours from now, you know, if half the songs don't work, they just wasted an hour listening to these tracks. So it's critical and a good sort of segue of what we do when working with our artists is ensuring that, you know, lyrics are provided in the metadata. We get calls, emails, you know, 
chasing down assets, if, if you will. Why is it important to have lyrics? Well, we use the disco platform. We can search and tag our songs in disco. So if we get a brief, sometimes they're very specific. Uh, we need a song. Uh, there's a soldier on the shores of, of you know, uh, um, a, very, a foreign country. There's a war breaking out. And the lyric needs to reference missing home, uh, longing for home, and seizing the day, carpe diem. Very specific there. So we're going to have to drill down, find those lyrics. Because, you know, if we're calling through five to 10,000 songs, that's a tall order. Uh, so metadata, uh, something that we'll talk about in future podcasts. And also uh, mentioned last time, uh, March 19th, we're going to have a seminar, Sync 101. We'll delve into what are the key metadata that we look for. And for those who don't know, you know, metadata is basically, you know, we refer to it as a, a digital business card that ensures you get paid, you're contacted, your piece of music that you send to an agent or to a company or a production, rather, you're credited. So that's something, um, if you check out our IG page, there'll be a wait list. It's going to be a one hour Zoom, March. Uh, sorry, April 19th at 10 a.m. Chase and I are going to be hosting that. It's going to be a great time. So you can check that out. And with the art of the pitch, uh, one other thing to share, Chase, uh, if you want to touch on, you know, you you as a blues rock artist, when you're writing songs, yeah. uh, what have you found in your process? You know, you've been with me for a minute now. And in your experience working with an agent, what would your advice be to an indie artist as far as when you're in the creative process, how might, how might it differ with working with a sync agent? Mm, so, so you're asking, um, as far as like, how, how is the, the art of like matching a song to a placement different from the art of creating a song essentially? Yeah, Bingo. and that's that's a huge, huge subject in the, the field of sync because the thing is your song you want your song to be as movable as possible, as applicable to as many scenes as it possibly can be, because it's all a numbers game. Like there's no way to guarantee your song is going to get any specific placement. Um, but at the same time, you also have to make sure that the core of what you're creating is still from your artistic expression and isn't just a formulaic crafted, uh, almost mechanical thing that, that just suits only this one purpose. It's also got to speak to people on an artist level. Now, also, when you're talking about sync, it's so multifaceted. There is space for those people who just want to produce, you know, five tracks a week, you know what I mean? And just pump, pump new stuff out that's not necessarily inspired from a vision, but it's, it's just like, this is just stuff that, that works. There's space for that. But a lot of what we work with is um, art, like independent artists seeking placements in uh predominantly film and tv that requires that independent artist sound that requires that it sounds like it comes from someone who's inspired and 
the reason that is is because in these types of scenes the 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 implementation of it is that the the characters of that film or tv show uh, would reasonably be listening or have this kind of music in their head in the background it applies to the musical palette of whoever the characters of that scene may be um and so if you don't have that artist uh inspiration that foundational level of like i'm going after this vision of something mm-hmm. it's not going to have that true like uh artist persona about it that would make an audience believe that this is a track this person's actually just jamming on the radio mm-hmm. you know what I mean? um yeah. so within that just to just to wrap it up real quick it's all about following what inspires you and what you get excited about as an artist but then knowing when and what to filter as far as what you're creating so that it doesn't get branch off in a direction that makes it so niche that it's not you know you have to find the one in a million scenes that it would actually work for yeah chase there's some overarching points and to drill down there i think you know what yeah you were expressing and to pull out of it. And, you know, we were on some panels last week and we're seeing across the board from music supers is, you know, there's a glut of, of songs that uh, folks write that are, you know, they're looking for authentic authenticity, you know, because music becomes the third character in a scene. So I always use Grey's Anatomy as an example. You know, when you see a song synced up in that scene or a scene in Grey's, you would have thought the song was custom written by the band. Lyric for lyric, phrase for phrase, the feel, and it syncs to picture, and it's the marriage of the picture and the music together. And, you know... We're selling emotion, the production selling emotion. And then the next day on Twitter, the box fair, everyone's talking, Oh my God, did you see, you know, uh, stranger things run up a hill, Kate Bush, you know, and it stays with you and how the music's married to it. So what Chase was saying and what, you know, authenticity of, you know, uh, the lead character in, a show could have a teenager who's list. What are they listening to uh, pop or hip hop in their headphones or going to school? So when we're looking for independent artists, sort of one of one measure that we look at is, you know, I come from a radio DJ background. So I'm looking for tracks that are, are what I define as radio friendly. I'm looking for the hook, looking for the feel, the storytelling. So if those come out in the song, I'm going to pitch those, radio friendly tracks that have a vibe because then that's going to translate. If I'm playing the odds of Vegas, it's going to be sync friendly. Cause if you know, with honorage, there's a montage scene, the crew's rolling into a club. They need eighties, nineties, a la chemical brothers, fat boy, slim, whatever the DJ EDM vibe might be. And then we're going to look at the lyrics, the hook, what storytelling is happening. So those are all the through line is, is authenticity, the production, 
the sound of the track. And that's something we're going to offer up in the future is, you know, feedback sessions that folks can submit a track. We'll give them feedback on the sync friendliness of the song. Uh, you know, Chase is an artist. Uh, he has his expertise there. Also went to music school at Belmont. And what's exciting also in the future, we'll have some, some guest listening panelists who could, be, we've got label reps, publishing reps, they'll lend their ear and their insights as to what they look for on the label side. So stay tuned for that, things to look for. But that was just a great synopsis of what we look for when we're pitching songs. And in next week's episode, we're going to take a deeper dive and look at there's certain genre, certain buckets uh, party songs, love songs. We'll peel the layers back and get into it. And don't forget, if you like what you heard and saw today, subscribe, uh, post your comments, what things you'd like to hear uh, on future episodes of Sync Riffs. And with that, we'll catch you on the other side. Have a great one, guys, and rock and roll. Go.